0: Hello, welcome to self-learning podcast by Dr. Shushma Singh. Let us start discussion on unit 8 legislature and our topic is structure. The legislature in India functioning within the parliamentary system is the totality of central state and local legislatures their formal and informal arrangements with interlinkages and their interaction with the other state bodies and environment. The central legislature also referred to as parliament consists of the president and the two houses Lok Sabha means house of people and lower house and Rajya Sabha, council of states and upper house. The state legislature shall include governor and two houses, legislative assembly and legislative council. In some of the states or one house, legislative assembly in the rest, Article 168. The local legislature, Gram Sabha and municipality is an institution of self-government constituted by the constitution. The 73rd and 74th amendment are still in the process of acquiring substantive legislative powers to be devolved by the concerned states. For the purpose of legislation, the constitution introduces a federal system as the basic structure of the government wherein there is a threefold distribution of subjects between the centers and the state numerated in the seventh schedule or union list state list and concurrent list. There is also an effort to distribute the subjects between the state and local bodies by incorporating the 11th schedule into the constitution by the 73rd and 74th amendments. Such distribution of subjects is essential to make legislature at all levels responsible and accountable by following the ambit of items in the list. However, ambit is defined in case of conflict by the judiciary time and again. Now let us move to the next point Central Legislature or Parliament. And subtopic is president. The president of India is an integral part of the Indian Parliament like the Crown of England and unlike the American president. However, the Indian president differs from the Crown of England in respect of his powers and status. For example, Certain discretionary powers, for example, legislation and administering of oath. The constitution vests the power of carrying on the business of government in the president, but the president exercises this power under the constitutional limitations. For example, Article 74-1, the executive powers shall be exercised by the President of India in accordance with the advice of his Council of Ministers. Or Article 53-1 demands that the President must exercise his powers according to the Constitution. The president represents the nation and is a symbol of unity and it is in this sense that he is head of the state. However, the post of president has raised a few questions, such as what exactly is a president supposed to do? How can we exercise the powers formally or informally? vested in him by the constitution. Is the president something more than the first citizen or the rubber stamp? As S. Kera says that he can certainly have a mind of his own, free of all political trammels and without any urge or ambition to take an active hand in governmental decision making or towards changing the provisions of the existing constitution relating to his position and powers. However, a harmonious correlation between the president and various legislative institutions has led to a sort of successful working of parliamentary democracy. For instance, the relationship between the president and the prime minister is crucial in legislature, a sore relationship between the two indicates problematic in the legislative issues and therefore, will catch attention of the opposition and civil society for a sustained debate. The relationship may have political ramifications which perhaps may be echoed in the president's speech inside as well as outside the parliament. Now let us move to the next point Lok Sabha. The parliament of India is bicameral, the lower house is the Lok Sabha or the house of people. Its members are elected on the basis of universal adult suffrage. Every adult citizen 18 years and above is entitled to vote other than known residents, the insane criminals and those who have convicted of corrupt electoral practices. In a reserved constituency, only members of the dual caste and tribes may run for office, but all adults within the constituency may vote. The two nominated seats are filled by the president with representative of Anglo-Indian community. The system of voting is the single member constituency. The system has produced governments that have substantial majority in the parliament yet lack endorsement from a majority of the voters. A proportional reservation system would have been fairer to opposition parties and more representative in a mathematically defined version of deliberative democracy. By and large, parliament is fairly chosen with the help of the constitutional body called the election commission. While individual seats may have been determined by the Musclemen or bribes, no general election in India has produced an overall result that was not a fair reflection of water's preferences. The term of the Lok Sabha is for a maximum period of five years, although in an emergency this may be extended to one year at a time indefinitely there is no minimum term of parliament while the parliament may be dissolved and seek elections held because a government has lost the confidence of the house the more common occurrences for a prime minister to time a call for fresh elections with the goal of maximizing personal or party political gains. The Lok Sabha is required by the constitution to convene twice a year with a maximum allowable period of gap between the two sessions being six months. In practice the Lok Sabha has often met in three sessions per year. The language of parliamentary business is mostly Hindi or English, although a member may use any of the recognized official languages. The process of legislation involves three stages corresponding to the familiar three readings of bills in the parliamentary system. The introduction of a bill its consideration and its enactment into law. The first reading consists of the bill being introduced along with an explanation of its aim and purposes. After the second reading, a bill may be referred to select committee, circulated for the public response or taken up for immediate consideration. The last course is rare and reserved for urgent and unconventional items. The second course is the most frequent. The select committee reports back either anonymously or with a majority recommendation and a minority note of dissent. The bill is then considered in the house clause by clause with members being able to introduce amendments. Once all clauses have been dealt with, the bill has crossed the report stage and is listed for its third and final reading which is tidying up amendments and then the bill is put to vote. If the speaker authenticates its passing, the bill is sent to the second house, where the entire procedure is repeated. When both houses of parliament have passed an identical version of a bill, it is presented by the president for formal assent and becomes law on receiving his assent. The sessional and daily business of the government is decided by the cabinet and its parliamentary affair committee under the chairmanship of the chief whip. Each session of the Lok Sabha is opened with the presidential address. The quorum for the Lok Sabha to be able to meet is one tenth of its membership. The Lok Sabha is of course fundamentally akin to other legislative assemblies in parliamentary regimes. Its context can however be quite different reflecting its own unique socio-political environment. The conduct of the house is in the hands of the speaker. Who recognizes members, keeps order and does other things which are required of presiding officers. The speaker may not vote on an issue before the Lok Sabha, but can exercise a casting vote in the event of a tie on any motion. The speaker is selected by the governing party for formal election by the house, but is expected to conduct parliamentary business with fairness and impartiality. Parliament is the central forum for amending the constitution under article 368. The procedural powers are those which allow the parliament to make rules for the conduct of its business. The legislative powers pertain to the authority and role of parliament in enacting laws for governing the country. Parliament is technically the legislature, the institution that enacts the law of the land and the authority of the people and the assent of the head of the state. In reality, the legislative agenda is controlled by the government and endorsed by the parliament with the help of tightly maintained party discipline. The financial powers of parliament are those empowering it to raise and spend money as it sees fit including discussion and approval of the annual budget. Only the parliament has authority to levy taxes and spend money from the consolidated fund. Parliament formally controls the reign of the government in the sense that the cabinet is required to have the confidence of the Lok Sabha and is collectively responsible to the parliament. Under constitutive powers finally the government can legislate to admit or create new states into the union of Government India. To create a high court for a union territory and to extend the jurisdiction of a high court to or restrict it from the union territory and to create or abolish a legislative council, an upper house, for a state with the consent of the state's assembly, that is lower house. Now let us wind up the session and take rest. Thank you very much for engaging yourself with the self-learning podcast.